0: This is Recording Number 10744, from the Teaching Ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Vallejo, California. This is the first message in the Embracing Your Destiny series by Randy Bolt. It was recorded on Sunday morning, January 6, 2008. This message is titled, Face Your Future. We have a God in heaven who is waiting for us, waiting for us to cross the threshold into those uh, things that he has destined for us. Um, We're going to be reading over the next uh, several weeks from the book of Joshua about a people who actually crossed that threshold and discovered what it's like to actually live in that place where God's uh, promises where his desires are being fulfilled in our lives. The people of Israel had been slaves for 400 years in Egypt. And then God sent Moses, who confronted the Pharaoh of Egypt. You've all heard this story, the the Ten Commandments and and all that. And uh, God delivered his people from that slavery and then uh, began a process of leading them to the promised land the place of God's promises for them, an actual uh, geographic location, a place where the people could live in the in the blessing and fulfillment of God's plans for them, a place flowing with milk and honey. Now, the people of Israel had some trouble along the way, trouble with themselves. They kept wanting to go back to Egypt, quit, kept... Um, finding themselves incapable of trusting God. And so, uh, to make a long story short, they ended up having to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years, and a whole generation died off because they were unwilling. They came right up to the threshold and were unwilling to step across the Jordan River and take possession of God's uh, promises for them because of fear. So that whole generation died off. Now, as we come to the first chapter of the book of Joshua, we come to uh, the place where the people of Israel have come once again, right, to the threshold. Beyond those doors are the promises of God, the fulfillment of God's promises for their lives. And so we'll, we'll follow them as they make that journey into and take, as they take possession of their destiny and look at, for clues as to how God could help us do the same. That's the plan. So we're going uh, to... My desire and goal is that we will not just spend these weeks talking about what is beyond this threshold through those doors, if you please, But actually move in and experience it. So we're going to be talking about embracing your destiny. And these are the themes that we'll be discussing over the next few weeks. Today we're going to be talking about facing your future. Next week, charting your course. Surrender self. Practice patience. Prize purity. Fail forward and consider Caleb. Over the next seven to eight weeks we'll be covering these themes. Now, I want to, as I said, have you focus with me on the first of those themes found in Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read the first nine verses. Follow along with me as I read. Joshua is the, I guess this won't really matter to you, but I I say these things just to remind myself. (laughs) Joshua is the sixth book in the Old Testament. Joshua. If, by the way, if you don't have a Bible with you, I'd love to have you follow along with me. And uh, if you uh, would like to pick a, to, to get a loaner in your hands, Gary will help you. Just raise your hand. He'll bring one to your seat. You like the way I volunteered you for that, Gary? <laughs> Joshua, the first chapter. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses... Verse 1 says, The servant of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' Moses's assistant, saying... Let me stop right there and give you the background. At this point, Moses has, uh, has, has died. And Joshua, his protege, his, um, uh, the one that Moses has been mentoring uh, as the future leader of Israel is, is uh, taking command. He's taking over the role that Moses has left. And so God is speaking some instructions to him. This is what God says, beginning in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. And he says, go over this Jordan. Right in front of them, where they're camped, is the River Jordan. And it separates them from the land of promise. "'Go over this, Jordan,' God says, you and all this people, "'to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. "'Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, "'I have given you, as I said to Moses.'" From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And God is describing a vast geographic area and he says, I'm giving this to you. Dear one, the, the place of God's destined purposes for your life is a big place. <laughs> We tend to see our lives uh, in a very small and narrow fashion, but not God, not God. Beyond the threshold of your destiny is a big place that God wants to lead you into. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He's talking to Joshua again. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Have we already heard those words? Yeah, God's repeating himself. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all uh, all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Now, this is the third time God is saying these words in a matter of nine verses. Now, my book, God only has to say things once. He's only, he's not even, he, he owes me nothing. But if God says something to me once, I ought to pay attention. If He says something to me three times, <laughs> I ought to really get with the program, don't you think? So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, mar- remarking on this because we're going to come back to it. God is making a point to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The first step in crossing that threshold, actually moving beyond the idea that God might have plans for my life, that God might have purposes for me, Actually, moving beyond the idea and stepping into that place and living there, the first uh, step is facing your future. Facing your future, that you have one. A God-ordained future. I want to make a few comments before we go home today out of this passage on this theme, facing your future. The first of, of those is that to face your future obviously means to leave the past behind. But a lot of us find that hard to do. God makes the point of saying to, uh, to uh, Joshua, Josh, Moses is dead. Now, he was stating the obvious. Joshua didn't need to be reminded of that. But, and God was not also not being just morbid. Oh, Joshua, Moses is dead. No, God is reminding Joshua of a very important truth that we never move forward to take possession of our future if we're clinging to the past. Josh, Moses is dead. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. There's a couple of things about that I want to draw to your attention. First is that you cannot sustain past successes. A lot of us spend our whole lives... Something good happens along the way in our lives and we spend the rest of our lives in that stuck in that place trying to keep that thing going. Maybe you, maybe you, uh, uh, you know, letter in your sport in high school and for the rest of your life you're trying to relive the glory of those days. I know guys who do that. And nothing... their whole life um, uh, uh, is kind of missed because they're still trying to preserve that, you know, moment of glory. can't be done. You know, uh, Jesus went up on a mount, the Bible tells us, took with him Peter, James, and John, and get this, on this mount, Jesus revealed himself. He was revealed in his eternal, something of his eternal glory. Don't, don't uh, uh, ask me to explain it. I cannot. But it says that his garments was, were as white as snow he, or wool. His, uh, he shone with a brightness. Something of what Jesus is like in eternity. And his eternal realm was manifest there on those mount. And Peter, James, and John got to see it. And uh, Peter, he, he's thinking, I, Nothing can be better than this. This is the apex. This is the height of my life. Nothing will ever surpass the glory of this experience. So what comes out of his mouth is, let's preserve this moment by making a tent here and we'll all just stay here. Right? Of course, that was silly and futile. Jesus had work for them to do. His response ultimately, Jesus' his response ultimately to uh, to Peter, James, John, particularly to Peter, was now let's go back down the mountain and get back about my business. That glorious experience on that mount was not something to be preserved and held on to; it was something to be enjoyed and carried as part of uh, that which makes up the fabric of our lives. But Jesus had more for them, so you can't. Uh, Preserve past successes And and the same way You can't um, change past failures I know people who will never move beyond uh, Where they are Never move in to take possession Of God's destiny for their lives Because they are stuck Trying to fix something They screwed up in the past You know people like that In fact, maybe some of you are in that situation, where you you just you know you want so bad for for the wreckage that 's in your past to get fixed up somehow and and so you spend your life trying to in one way or another um, atone for it or make up for it or fix it and you don 't want people to see so you, you work really hard at trying to get people to think that you're not like you were back there or I mean, it can manifest a number of ways. I don't need to spend a lot of time on this. Do you understand what I mean? Some of you will remember the story of Lot and Lot's wife. Abram, the father of the Israelites, the father of the Jews, he had a nephew named Lot who chose to live in a place called Sodom. Sodom was a horrifically evil place. I, I won't even go into describing how wicked the people of Sodom were, and God um, passed judgment on Sodom and told Abram, "Abram, I'm going to wipe this. I'm going to wipe them off the face of the planet. Their their wickedness and so is so, um, and evil is so such a stench in my nostrils. I can't I can't allow them to continue to pollute the earth. And so, but Abraham." Uh, uh, secures from God a promise that God will rescue any righteous people living in Sodom. And so God rescues Lot, Lot's wife, and his two daughters that were still living at home. His other family members who did not live at home uh, didn't, wouldn't pay any attention to Lot's warnings. But Lot, his wife, his two daughters that were still living at home fled from Sodom and God brought disaster to, to, um, to that city. On the way out of town, God had, had told Lot and his family, don't, just run for your lives. Get out of here because I'm going to bring judgment on Sodom and don't look back. Well, Lot's wife looked back. And there was some, I don't know what, I mean, it says something about her longing for for something about that place that God had judged. It was broken, messed up. But something in her heart had been corrupted by that environment so much that she looked back with a longing for it. Maybe it was, oh, I wish that we could have changed things. I wish that things had gone differently there. I wish we could have been more of an influence on those people so that that city had not become so wicked. I don't know what was in her heart, but there was a longing to go back and, and deal with something that was messed up and broken. And the Bible says she was turned into a pillar of salt, forever suspended between her past and her future. I know people like that. They will live their whole lives stuck, never able to go forward and, and experience God's plans for their life because they they can't let go of what was behind. God says to, to Joshua, Josh, Moses is dead. Leave the past behind. I told you a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe two or three weeks ago, about a About I can't even remember why I told you this illustration. But I told you about a time when I... The first time I heard a song that I had written and recorded on the radio. And what a thrill that was for me. And I I think I said I was about 18 or so. I was was older than that. I was probably uh, 20, 21, somewhere. I just want to correct the record. Anyway. I had another great experience. There was about a four-year, I I was in a band for a long time, but it was about a four-year period of time when a lot of my dreams about music and what I could do in music were being actually realized. It was a great, wonderful time in my life. I actually had a guy um, record one of my songs that became, believe it or not, became number one on the uh, Christian uh, playlists of most of the... Um, Or a playlist of most of the Christian radio stations in the country. Now, it probably lasted for about a week, you know. (laughs) And remember, this is 30 years ago. So Christian music was not the big, you know, uh, uh, industry that it is today. Um, But it was pretty thrilling for me. Pretty thrilling for me. And, you know, the Lord came to me after... uh, you know that season of my life and i I found myself just to give you an example though to put it in perspective i would spend my days in hollywood at the famous studio 55 recording studio rubbing shoulders with all these famous people and stuff and then i'd go home at night and clean toilets for the janitorial service that i worked for (laughs) to make a living Uh, So it's a little different, right? Uh, But anyway, it was pretty thrilling for me. But after that season of time, the Lord um, began to speak to me something very similar to this. It wasn't these words, but it was the same sentiment. Randy, Moses is dead. The time for that is over. That season, that episode of your life is coming to an end. It's time to look forward, to face your future, to leave the past behind. let me tell you, it was hard. It was hard to do. It was one of those things you want to hold on to and just, like, like, like Peter, let's, can't we just make a tent here and just stay here and do this forever? But no, the Lord is not, um, he is never uh, uh, um, just camped out somewhere. The Bible says that he, his mercies are new every morning, he is moving forward with his plans for your life every day. There's fresh and new things. A lot of us think, I'll get to this again in a few minutes, but a lot of us think of destiny as a destination, a place we arrive to. And it's like you get your wheels on the track and then you just roll. Or you just, you, get, it, you find your destiny and then you just ride off into the sunset, right? But destiny is not about a place, a destination, something you arrive at. In God's understanding, God's vocabulary, destiny is all all about the journey. And our lives unfold in episodes. We tend to think of our life as one long scene or one long act of a play. But in God's, um, the way God deals with us, our lives are episodic. We move from act one to act two. To Act Three, and each act builds on the other, and we have trouble when we come to those to the end of one thing and the beginning of the next. Those transition periods are very hard for us to navigate. We don't know how very well to let go of what we know because we, and then take hold of what we don't yet know because there's uncertainty involved, right? But but the the beauty, the wonder, the glory of God's out, outworking of, our, of death, his plans and purposes for our life is that we do make these transitions and joyfully discover that what we left behind was good. In most cases, it was good. But what he has for us next is even better, more rich, more fulfilling. So, the next thing I want to bring to your attention out of this passage having to do with facing your future is... Cross the threshold. Notice um, uh, God says to, Moses in, in verse two, or, or to Joshua in verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. I told you the Jordan River marked the threshold that the people of God had to cross over in order to take possession of their land of promise. Cross the threshold. Now, talking about this, it's not a crossing a threshold is not something that's easy to define. It's very subjective and different for every person, but you know when you do it. You know when you step forward across that line. When you lean into, into a new season, when you pat, when you let go of what's behind and embrace something that is a little bit scary, a little bit uncertain, and yet you feel like God is in it. That Crossing the threshold is always required in order to face your future. Um, It will require a moment of decision, a choice that you make. It isn't going to just happen, dear one. God is looking for those who are willing to say, I will follow. It involves a choice, a decision. Um, But it also always will require a step of faith, a leap of faith. You are moving from what you know to what you don't know yet. But God knows. God knows. So we trust Him. We trust Him. The third thing I want you to see out of this passage that we read with regard to facing your future is that it requires taking one step at a time. Notice verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Notice that God says, the way your destiny is going to be uh, uh, understood, the way your destiny is going to unfold before you is going to be one step at a time. Wherever you place your, the sole of your foot, that I've given to you when you take the next step and you and you place your the sole of your foot there that i have given you when we talk about destiny a lot of us think of it as again as a destination as something that god and we 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 kind of hold back from actually advancing into it until or, or, uh, you know what we want is for god to show us how it's all going to turn out we want the picture of the end result if I take this step, God, if I if I make this leap of faith, if I move from this episode to the next, what's going to be the end result? I want to know. But that's not the way God works with us. And it's not because God is torturing us. It's not that God is trying to make it hard for us. It's that we have no frame of reference to deal with the... Um, the eternal things of God. And were he to explain to us that it's not about a destination, but it's about the route we're going to take to get there, the journey to get there, that, that is the what comprises my will for you, we wouldn't grasp it. And so all God is asking of us is that we just put one foot in front of the other. All right. I believe, Lord, this episode is ending in my life and that you want me to leave this behind and embrace the next aspect of your destiny for my life. So here I go, and I think it requires this step. And when you get there, you find that God meets you there and that, yeah, this is is something God is up to with me. And then you just take the next step that he, he beckons you toward. And then the one after that. And then the one after that. We don't need to know five steps ahead. We don't need to know the end result. All we need to do is follow him one step at a time. Because it develops and builds relationship with him, a relationship of trust, Faith, all of those things that are the only things that really matter in terms of our relationship with God. Finally, the thing that I want um, to talk about with regard to taking one step at a time is what I've been saying all along, is that destiny in God's perspective is not a destination, but it's a journey. Oh, actually, I forgot. I have one more thing. I have another point I want to make (laughs) about taking one step at a time. And that is that every footfall reveals more of God's grace. But I've already kind of mapped that out for you. Every time we take a step in obedience to the Lord, we discover he's already been there before us and given it to us. And then the next and the next after that. Now, let's see if I can get on to my next, my last final point. This takes us back to what I was remarking about in that, uh, those first nine verses of Joshua chapter 1 where God says three times to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Now, God was not, uh, you know, saying this just because he had nothing else to say. There was a point to it, at least two. And the first point I think that God was making to Joshua is, Josh you will be opposed. And dear one, every time you you make a decision to trust God and to move uh, into that place of his plans and purposes for your life, you will encounter opposition. Why? Because there is someone who um, uh, doesn't want you to know anything of God's goodness in your life. You are a threat to him. That person is Satan, the devil. You, you uh, represent, more than you'll ever know, a very scary threat to him. Anytime you put your faith in Christ, another aspect of the kingdom he's trying to develop crumbles. And so when God says to Joshua, Joshua, be strong and courageous is because he means it. Josh, there's going to be opposition. It's not going to just happen you know, overnight. When you step forward to, be, to follow me into your future, there's going to be uh, a defensive move on behalf of your adversary. But that's not something to be afraid of. And I think the second thing God was intending for Joshua to know about this business of being strong and courageous is that it's going to require a kind of strength and a kind of courage that's different than what he's already known. Joshua is a strong and courageous guy. He knows how to handle himself in battle. He knows how to wield a sword. He has led the Israelites in victorious (coughs) campaigns already. So God is not asking Joshua to do something, you know, that he already can do. He's making a point of this. Josh, this is going to require a strength and courage different than what you've known. A kind of strength and kind of courage that's spiritual in nature. It has nothing to do with the strength of your arm or the skill of your tactical um, abilities or strategic abilities. It has everything to do With uh, learning how to trust in me, to look to me, to listen to me, to rest in me, to find your place in me and draw upon my strength and let me give you the courage to press through when, um, when opposition comes. Now, these four things about facing your future, I think were not just true for, I mean, clearly, Um, I think it's not just true, was not just true for Joshua and the children of Israel, but for us as well. The Lord has um, a destiny for our lives through those doors. And he is the one who is calling us to leave the past behind, to cross the threshold, to take one step at a time and be strong and courageous. And I'm I'm, uh, I've, I'm repeating myself, but I'm asking you as we begin this year of 2008 and over the next few weeks as we take a look at the book of Joshua in light of these things, I'm asking you to consider um, breaching that, that barrier that has um, restrained, perhaps restrained you from moving beyond... Whatever whatever episode your life is in, to the next one, God has for you, and the one after that.